Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the podcast, I sit down with Carl Stabe, the author of Bring Gratitude. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps. Big Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas. And today on the podcast, I have an incredible guest. His name is Carl Stabe. He is an expert in gratitude, and he's the author of a book called Bring Gratitude, Feel Joyful Again with Bite-Sized Mindset Practices. He's also a speaker and a coach with a massive goal to help 1 million people develop a better mindset with gratitude at its core. In today's episode, we talk about how Gratitude can trigger dopamine, the differences between willpower and waypower, the secret to staying grateful in the moment, and how to build a gratitude practice. This was such a fun conversation to have, and I know you are going to get so much value from it. So make sure you stick around for that. But before we do, let's take a look at today's sponsor. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. And when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. Well, there's an incredible app for that, and it solves that problem with ease. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books, and Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Just 15 minutes. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. It has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. One of the books I've been meaning to read for a while is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It's one of those books that I hear about constantly, but I just haven't had a chance to pick up yet. Thankfully, with Blinkist, I can go through it in 15 minutes and then decide, do I want to pick up the full book or not? Either way, I get the information and I can walk away knowing what that book is about and using its insights to improve my life. 
With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for Tiny Leaps listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps. All right, I'm sitting here with Carl Stabe, the author of the book Bring Gratitude. Um, Carl, I was doing a little bit of research ahead of time, uh, and one of the things you mention on your website is wanting to help one million people sort of come to a new mindset, one that's built around gratitude, which I think is such an interesting way to look at it. It's not a, an approach to gratitude that I've really ever heard. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that goal and why gratitude is such an important part of our day-to-day? Yeah, uh, good question. I, I think uh, it all started um, when I was dealing with my father passing and... Yeah. Um, I've struggled with my mindset in the past, um, struggle with depression, um, have, I've had health issues that, um, can really knock me down. Um, but what I found is the, when I, when I do get back up, um, I'm stronger and, um, I am more grateful for the time that I have, uh, with, Mm -hmm. with my loved ones. And, because of that, it shifted um, who I am and you know how I engage with people. Mm-hmm. I want to share that with the world. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk about the book very quickly. So the, the book is titled Bring Gratitude. Uh, what was the... Uh, why a book? Why uh, take all of the life lessons you've learned, all of the... Uh, the science behind it and boil it down to a book rather than, let's say, a YouTube channel or a podcast or, or something, some other medium? Because I think books, um, they have a more complete message. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> putting too much into a blog post, too much into a YouTube channel, um, you don't get that full story. And there was an arc um, from the pain of my father, um, you know, when I found out that he was having um, uh, high temperatures, he went to the hospital within a few uh, days, he got admitted into his local hospital. Within a couple of weeks, he got admitted to um, a hospital. Uh, uh, high intense uh, care unit in Philadelphia, which is mm-hmm. about an hour and a half from my, um, from where my dad lived. Um, it all happened so fast. And what I realized was <clears throat> the story of me processing this um, was one we're all going to have to go through. And if we don't, then that means we've died before our parents. And I think <laughs> <laughs> that's, Nothing. No parent ever wants to hear that. Um, we always hope as a parent we go before our kids, but hopefully many, many uh, um, years after uh, they're adults. But 
um, what I found out was, you know, I, I had this arc and this, you know, the, the whole story and the, you know, instead of me being the hero, I wanted gratitude to be the hero of the story. Mm. And uh, I was just on this journey as I tried to kind of figure things out. And as I, you know, I, you know, understood what was going on and how to process it, um, I was like, okay, this is this this could be something from story to story to story. So it's 109 stories, okay. and each one is like a snapshot of where my mindset was as I was going through it. So from despair and pain and crying, um, and even some um, lighthearted moments where I'd uh, felt good again. And, uh, I was able to kind of, uh, feel, um, joyful. Um, I would, you know, make duck sounds as I was, um, driving along out my car window and it made me smile. Um, that's one of my most popular stories in the book when I did that. And, um, and that's, and that, I think that's, that's the thing is we all have our, these arcs, and we all have to figure out how to, um, you know, tell our own story so we can share it with our kids and our friends and family. Yeah. So it sounds like, um, and and full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to read it. For those of you listening, uh, the arc of this interview happening was literally from uh, two two days. It was me receiving an email from Carl and his team and uh, uh, being so sort of moved by the idea of bringing someone on to to represent gratitude uh that we we just turned this around very quickly but i do intend on reading the book and it sounds like it is uh you said 107 stories 109 stories yeah. 109 stories so 109 stories uh that go f- from pain fear frustration through to gratitude uh, and, and gratitude being sort of, as you mentioned, that hero that is able to pull you out. Could you expand a little bit for us on the role that gratitude has played in your life as a whole and, and how you are now as a person, how you show up in your day-to-day, uh, maybe compared to a time in your life when you didn't prioritize gratitude and you didn't do journals? Yeah. <laughs> uh, first thing that pops in my mind is, uh, my wife, uh, the wonderful woman that she is, um, got me a, a speaker to hook up to my phone. And uh, this was when Alexas uh, were new. And, uh, you know, I, I really like the idea of, of just using your voice to uh, play music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but she got me a phone. Uh, she got me a speaker that connects to your phone. And uh, it was a wonderful sounding um speaker. But when I opened up the present, it wasn't the one that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so my first reaction instead of gratitude was, oh, they didn't have the one I wanted. Basically Mm -hmm. putting down her gift, making her feel bad on Christmas morning, all because I was so focused on getting what, uh, what I didn't expect. And I think um, that is one of the key things that's changed in my life is the expectations I have and that I put on things. Um, that's one of the biggest indicators of happiness, what you expect to happen and how you deal with those um, 
you know, those things that fall short of those expectations and how you process them. And that's a, I mean, that's, that's 99% of life. If you look at billionaires and millionaires, they get just as angry, if probably not more because they have higher expectations um, and uh, they struggle with depression. They struggle with um, so many different things because they haven't taken the time to work on their mindset, to work on, you know, creating uh, a grateful uh, attitude. And when you do that, it, it just changes how you look at things. It changes how you interact with people. Where do you think that, because uh, that, that's such a great way to put it, uh, this idea of sort of what we expect, how we deal with the differences between reality and our expectations. Um, where do those initial expectations come from and why are they so powerful that they can override uh, at what I'm sure if, if you had stopped for a moment and thought about your, your wife's feelings, maybe you wouldn't have taken that route. But that those expectations hold such power over us that it just we just react to it. Why is that? I think it's it's deep inside of us. Um, the habits are deep. The so the whenever we've we've had trauma in our life, those neural connections run very deep. We can build new neural connections, but mm-hmm. those ones that. Um, that we build, uh, especially around expectations. We think uh, if we, you know, we put expectations on ourselves. we expect us to do uh, well in a job. We expect to show up to meetings on time. And these expectations are good. Um, but what ends up happening is it also puts pressure and it also puts uh, feelings in there. And this is the key part, you know, uh, Viktor Frankl, um, the author who survived in uh, concentration camps, um, has a really good quote of like, there's this moment before uh, you act, before you basically decide on how to act. Um, If there's a pause there, and for me, this pause is now turning into gratitude. I still, there are times when I still struggle with my mindset, but for the most part, even like when my son's throwing a tantrum because he can't build his tent that morning and he's kicking and screaming, um, there's that that pause now of like just this moment that I'm in is never going to come back and I have to be grateful and allow it to just be. And I think too often we are, we have these expectations because we, we want certain things. If we didn't expect mm-hmm. things at all, then we probably just float through life. So there's this balance, though, of understanding it and being aware of it and then choosing the right path for ourselves. Yeah. Something that you've... Um, I, I So I was listening to a few different podcasts that you've been interviewed on. Uh, one of them was The Productivityist. And uh, something you mentioned was this idea of way power. Could you explain what that is for listeners and sort of expand on on your ideas around it? You've done your homework. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, so yeah, um, uh, willpower uh, versus waypower is a... Um, and I, can, I wrote an article about this and I can send it to you. 
and uh, you can put it in your show notes if you like. But the idea is, um, you, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're making choices and you're being manipulated by that grocery store um, as you go through uh, each aisle. Um, and how aware of it are you? Um, that's up to you. And, you know, how deep do you want to get into the psychology of, of shopping? Um, it, you could talk for talk about it for hours. But uh, as you're going through it, you're making choices, you're depleting your willpower. And then as you get to the checkout lane, what do they have there? They have all the vices. They've got uh, the magazines that grab our attention and, you know, kind of fluff, easy people magazine, us, Esquire. Um, and then you have candy. And a lot They used to have cigarettes, but then that got outlawed. And so these other vices are tough for us to say no to when we've mm-hmm. made all these choices. Um, the idea of way power is making choices based on your why. So if you mm-hmm. go into the grocery store in advance saying, I Um, I'm going to choose healthy options for myself. And one of those options is not buying that candy bar. I don't want that Snickers bar because that's not really what's going to satisfy me. So if you're making these choices in in advance and you know I'm not going to be manipulated and you understand that why of why you're going to make these choices, then you're being aware and you're conscious and you're conscious of why you're doing what you're doing. And that's the key. Now, the hard part is, is implementing and figuring out these answers before you get stuck and you depleted your willpower. Right. And that's where gratitude comes in. When you can be grateful for this awareness for these choices that you do have and even grateful that people are trying to manipulate you because what they're trying to do is what they think can help you in their own way. It satisfies Mm -hmm. a craving like these things. Snickers bar is not a bad, you could eat a Snickers bar once a week and be a very healthy person. Right. Problem is, is usually you bought all this food and now you're buying Snickers right before dinner and you're wrecking your dinner. So you have to just be aware of all these. And that's why that pause of gratitude stops you. You can just, as you're walking in, grabbing that cart. And this is a cool trick is habit stacking. Mm-hmm. Every time you, you know, like, let's say you go to the grocery store, you grab that cart, you grab your basket, whatever you grab to hold your stuff. Take a moment and be thankful and have an intention as you go into that store. Intention might not not be, you know, you might be a healthy person and might not care. Yeah, you can handle a Snickers bar. You're in good shape. You know, you don't do it that often, but maybe you spend too much money when you go in the grocery store. So Mm. your intention then is I'm going to stick to my list and maybe I will go outside that list for one thing, but that's it. So and you're you're being grateful for this opportunity to be able to understand that and appreciate that you have these options before you. So we're we're sort of circling uh, this idea that uh, jumped out at me in your other interviews as well, and I think is something you and I 
agree on and, and have sort of come to the same place on. Um, what, what you just laid out strikes me as a battle of sort of keeping your actions and keeping your, your intentions on the conscious layer rather than letting the subconscious sort of actions take over and drive you. So if you're at the end of that uh, grocery trip, you're right at the register and your willpower is depleted, you just sort of unconsciously grab that candy bar or, or the, in my case, I, sh- I shop at Trader Joe's and they have these gummies at the end that I just <laughs> can never resist. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, it just sort of happens. Um, but, and, and I think this is true for anything that we're trying to change in our lives. When we keep those actions, those individual choices on a, a, a conscious layer and on a conscious level, we tend to, because we are now aware of this thing happening, make better choices. Um, and this is something that you have in your work argued that gratitude and, and actively engaging in the practice of showing gratitude to yourself, showing gratitude to the people around you can help with. My question for you is how in your mind does, uh, what is the link between being grat- being grateful, showing gratitude and keeping our day-to-day actions and our behavior on that sort of surface level. Yes, uh, David DiSteno of Emotional Intelligence uh, has done work in this area. Uh, it's a great book, Emotional Intelligence. Emotional Intelligence. Yeah. Okay. Um, emotional success. Sorry, it's right behind okay. me. Um, emotional success. But uh, what happens when you take a pause? To before you um, before you go into um, Trader Joe's, is you're you're pausing and focusing on what matters to you, um, and what uh, way power is is it's energy building versus depleting, and this is mm-hmm. the key part about gratitude is you've ever noticed um, great uh, entrepreneurs. They just have this extra energy that other people don't seem to. Um, yeah. Most of it is because they believe in their mission. They understand that if they don't act, you know, it's um, it's easy when someone reaches out and uh, they're like, uh, I want to interview you. And you're like, okay, well, I have, you know, 50 things on my to-do list this week. This wasn't one of them. Now I'm adding another thing to it. Um, so that means there's one or two, maybe less things that uh, occur, um, but are that I check off my list. But what I, but what ends up happening is, you know, this becomes more important because I'm going to reach more people um, in the long run. So I choose to do this thing and I'm grateful for it instead of like, no, I don't have time for this. Uh, let's do it next month. Um, because then I'm just kind of, uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm staying close to my list, which allowing me to get the checking off the 50 things, but it's not going to my higher goal of reaching a million people. So if you can always come back to you know, that why, why you're doing what you're doing. And remember that you're doing this to, for a reason. And it's, it is a, it's a moment to, um, 
you know, connect with others, then I can say yes to these energy depleting things because I know it's going to help me. And after we're done, I'll get a boost of adrenaline and and dopamine. And then I'll be able to maybe, you know, stay on top of my work versus, you know, focusing on like, yeah, I should do this interview. Uh, Fine. You know, like, (laughs) and then by just, that's a willpower choice, but mm-hmm. now I'm, I might, instead of using this as a boost of energy, I'll use it as a, de- it'll become a depleting uh, source of, you know, uh, this will deplete my energy. And then I might not get to four of those 50 things instead of, you know, maybe I would have done 48, 49, but add that up over a week, uh, add that up over uh, a, a year that's the stuff that, you know, make those high performers stay high performing. I, I absolutely love this concept. Um, it it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong at any point, it sounds to me the way I'm hearing it is that there's almost a connection between how you choose to perceive something that you're about to do uh, and sort of the mindset you go into it with. So, for example, if you're going in with this is a chore that needs to be done, like groceries, let's say, uh, which it is for me, then that's always going to be depleting. That's always going to be a choice you have to make that's pulling from your energy versus if you go into it from and you take that pause, you express gratitude. Uh, now you're coming to it from a place of uh, almost like a this is a thing I get to do. And that becomes a, a boosting that uh, pulls from way power. Is that accurate? Yes, you said that very well. Yep, I love that. Uh, and that so that actually reminds me of something uh, that you've mentioned in your work on the connection between gratitude and dopamine. Could you sort of expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah. Um, so uh, dopamine is those feel good chemicals um, in your brain. Um, that, uh, you know, bring connection with other people. So um, a simple way is, you know, if, if after uh, this call's over, I send you an email saying, hey, great job. Like, I love the questions that you answered. Um, I get a dopamine boost for thinking these things. And I, and I get another one when I send it to you. And then hopefully you get one too, because you're like, oh, that was a nice email. And so it becomes something that you want to do more of. Mm. And that's what gratitude does for you. You want to do more of these good things. Um, you know, whenever you're, you, uh, I stopped drinking three and a half years ago. And it was hard because I relied on it to relax and deal with my stress. Um, but, you know, and it's easy to kind of fall back into those old habits of drinking. But what I kept coming back to is the extra energy and uh, the more positive outlook that I had when I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. And I reminded myself of that. And so, and same thing with exercise, right? You know, when you go exercise, you feel good. Most people, I think 90% of people, 95, get an endorphin um, rush when they exercise, not all people. Um, so those feel good chemicals kick in. And then the key thing is to f- truly feel those feel good chemicals. 
-hmm. And feelings are what end up getting us to change our behaviors. It's like any, you know, it's like when you first have kids and you see your kid for the first time, like those endorphins rush into your body and that connection becomes quickly solidified between you and your kid. And over time, it just deepens and deepens and deepens. And so you'll do anything, you'll die for your kid and the, you know, to help them in any way that that you can. I mean, you, you spend money on them. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of things that you wouldn't do for other people, um, because of that connection, that love connection. And I think Mm -hmm. gratitude is the spark of love. You know, it's when you first go on a date with somebody, um, you know, it's usually a physical attraction thing. And then as connection builds, you become grateful for them. You want to spend time with them. And it's not a chore. Um, and what ends up happening then is that turns into love. And that love is that deep connection that's so hard to break. And when you love your work, when you love your kids, you will work super hard to make those things thrive in your life. All right, so that is the end of part one of my conversation with Carl Stabe. Uh, This was such a fun conversation to have that I decided to split this up into two separate episodes rather than cutting out massive chunks of it. The recording came in at about 50 minutes, and I wanted to make sure you got all of the value. So make sure you tune into episode 534 to get the second half of this conversation with Carl Stabe, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.